Hello everyone, you're listening to another Understanding Why podcast. My name is Charlie Caruso and I'm the editor and co-author of the upcoming book, Understanding Why. And today I'm delighted to be joined by another co-author, Stacey Ashley, who is one of Australia's leading executive and career coaches. Stacey, thanks for chatting with me today. Oh, pleasure. Now, I've given you a little intro, but would you mind giving everyone else probably some more insight into your background before we start? Sure. Um, So way back whenever I actually qualified as an accountant and um, discovered really quickly that wasn't what I wanted to do and I moved into um, bigger and bigger leadership roles over time where it just became all about working with people, helping them to discover what they were capable of and... um, and ultimately that led to me having my own business and so now I work with lots of individuals and organisations to basically bring out their best and help them to have you know, happy, fulfilled, purposeful lives. Well that's wonderful and, and your contribution to understanding why it's a terrific chapter on leadership specifically um, and Gen Y which is I know something that you uh, have a lot to do with in terms of looking at uh, leadership styles and approaches. Um, Do you think that there is something unique about Gen Y and the leadership styles that they either uh, seem to resonate well with or um, certainly seem to exhibit? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I've observed lots of different organisations trying to um, come to terms with what they, you know, with this next generation that's really starting to, to contribute significantly in the workplace. And one of the things that I find really interesting is that just the concept that oh it's, we have to do things differently and I'm just not sure whether that's actually the case I, I really think that um, leading any generation anybody you know the same sort of principles apply but I just think a little bit more perhaps thoughtfulness needs to go into it now because the the generation that we describe as Gen Y just are so much clearer about their own expectations of of what their work and their life is about and so as leaders we need to be clearer as well in terms of the way that that we that we lead these people and bring out their best so the things that i've noticed um in terms of the leadership approaches that seem to be most effective are you know, really steer away from telling people what to do. Now, nobody likes to be told what to do as an adult, but particularly Gen Y, just, you know, it doesn't work well. And I can completely, you know, I can completely understand that because I don't like to be told what to do either. Um, So really having um, great conversations where we ask people questions and we invite them in in terms of saying, well, okay, so this is the this is the big project, this is the big vision that we have. So how would you like to contribute? Where do you have, you know, something that you can offer in terms of your knowledge or your skills or your interest? Um, and it just really allows you know leaders to have that opportunity to really tap into the incredible energy and enthusiasm and and um, you know great stuff that Gen Y bring. Listen, I have to wholeheartedly uh, agree with you. Um, This sort of slightly touches on um, a conversation that uh, Jane Anderson and I had um, a few weeks back about Gen Y. Perhaps what is different about Gen Y is when they work, that it is an extension of themselves and they don't see it as a nine to five gig that you have to drag your feet to. At least they, they look for a career that that's not the case. Um, and mm. that being the case, they instead of 
well, we get labelled entitled and uh, hard to manage and high maintenance, but I think it's, that's where the misunderstanding actually lies, that it's, in fact, we want to embrace the, the work effort that we're putting in this and feel like, you know, what we're doing matters and that we can contribute. And But at the same point in time, I feel that Gen Y do like to learn and, and do like the idea of mentorship. And, um, you know, I don't think that it's necessarily we don't want to listen to I mean, I, de- I agree, we don't want to be told what to do, but I think there's a difference between that and, you know, being, I don't know, and I suppose that comes down to leadership styles, uh, trying to motivate using intrinsic motivations and um, ways that we can, you know, absorb uh, knowledge, um, but at the same time take ownership of, of the effort that we're putting in. Would you Would you agree with me? Oh, look, I think so. I think that link between, you know, what's important to me as a person and how that, you know, translates into the work that I do um, in what whatever I choose to do as my work, um, I think is really important. And if that, if there isn't a connection or there isn't a meaning to it or um, it doesn't seem like it does make a difference or, or offer something, then I think that... Um, people from Gen Y, they're, they're just so much more aware of that and they're prepared mm-hmm. to make different choices to make sure that they can create that connection and that what they do does make a difference. Um, and so I think I, I, I think that that's important. But the other part of your comment about um, that the, the willingness to learn and, um, and to, to um, appreciate the knowledge of of others, I think, is just so clearly there, and um, and I think that the struggle in certain circumstances is that um, perhaps people from previous generations don't know the way to best share that mm-hmm. knowledge. You know, that because it, perhaps it hasn't been something that's been offered to them, and so you know they've had to struggle through and figure stuff out for themselves. And so I, I think. Um, being able to offer that and share that knowledge to Gen Y is just such an amazing opportunity for everybody in the workplace. And if we can get that right, it would just make a massive difference. Listen, I totally agree. I mean, what we've got uh, worldwide um, in in many different economies is that uh, baby boomer generation that is sort of refusing to retire, redefining what retirement is. And but more importantly, this enormous wealth of IP and knowledge that if we do not adequately put systems around to extract that knowledge in a useful way, many organisations I feel are going to lose uh, all of that knowledge and and you know that you really couldn't buy. It's it's invaluable. Um, what potentially might be retiring in terms of IP and knowledge, and I think that's. The, the, what a wonderful pairing that is between an eager to learn Gen Y and, um, you know, and, and baby boomers who, let's face it, like to think that, you know, they're important and, and the experience and knowledge that they have um, actually counts for something. Um, and I agree. I think that's slightly different because, I mean, my perception of Gen Y, and a lot of this is general, obviously, but... Um, that we might just be the first generation that instead of looking at uh, other organisations as competition, we look at them as potential collaborative, you know, partners. 
And that goes in terms of just in general, as a, it's a sort of a, a macro, um, you know, description of that. But I mean that in every sense, all, drilling all the way down. So instead of seeing someone else, you know, in the workplace that, you know, previous generations might have seen as competition and a rivalry, I feel Gen Y, and again, this is still very general, now look at that individual and sort of say, well, I can learn, potentially learn from this person. This is someone I admire. And there seems to be the guards down a little bit. Do, do you agree or um, is that just been my experience? Um, I would say based on, on the observations that I've had, particularly working in organisations where um, I guess there's the opportunity for those interactions to take place, I, I, I just think it's... Um, yeah, it's it's just a, an amazing potential, and and Gen Y have a lot to teach previous generations about the fact that you know what if you and I collaborate or play to each other's strengths or invite each other in to whatever activity is going on rather than sticking up a silo around it because mm. we're protecting our territory, mm. if we could get more of that happening, I, I just think you know it. It's so incredible in terms of what it offers individuals, teams, organisations, the world, you know, whatever level you want to um, take it to. But certainly what I've observed is there is that willingness to um, to really, I guess, in a way, uh, approach it from a – it's not just all about me. It's actually mm. about the whole, whether that's the community or the society or the, the economy, whatever it is, um, there's just much more appreciation of where I fit and how I can be part of a greater thing rather than just kind of worrying about number one. And and I think that that's a really big difference between Gen Y and perhaps previous generations because they really believe that they can make a difference. Listen, I agree, but it's interesting because that's a stark contrast to the images that are, you know, that surround the media um, that were mm. you know, epidemically plagued narcissists and, you know, um, <laughs> highly self-centred and it's all about the me. And and, and I think that, that that's, I guess, the irony of um, the perception or the misperception of Gen Y is that they're, there's this social and environmentally consciousness, um, you know, that, that aura and also that it's all about me. And I think that there are elements of truths in both, but I think um, I would steer more to, to where you were um, pointing that, you know, I what I like to think, and that's probably me being an optimist, but um, is that Gen Y have grown up seeing the real life Wolf of Wall Street play out and the sort of the drive of the 80s, which is roughly when we were born, um, being, you know, about money, 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 earning more, working harder, you know, making sure you have your Beamer and your Merc and all of the stuff that you want. And then actually seeing those people divorce and not be as happy as, you know, mm. they expected. And so I still really feel that Gen Y have sort of said, well, you know what, Money doesn't actually equate to happiness. We see that on reality TV. I question the reality of it. But, you know, we see that play out day in, day out. And then sort of think, well, do you know what the only important thing is actually family, happiness and actually making an effort in the world and, and making change. And I do feel that there are a large portion of Gen Y who then make decisions on career 
on, on everyday decisions um, about the why as opposed to the end results of having lots of money. Um, we might just have been privileged enough to have seen firsthand uh, the excesses, and I use Wolf of Wall Street just because it's a really good example, um, that they play out and they're kind of disgusting um, because mm. – we have the internet now. We know about the famines in the world and we're accountable to those because of that. And, you know, that kind of a lifestyle, I feel, is is becoming less and less appealing for Gen Y who have realised that, in fact, you know, life's short, there's a lot of people suffering and, you know, fulfilment or happiness actually comes from hard work and um, feeling like we're satisfied as opposed to, I think previous generations who were built on the premise coming out of the war, perhaps that you've just got to get money and money makes happiness. I think, um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with both those concepts. I, I think the previous generations, I don't know whether it's about money, but I think there's maybe a safety element in there. So in order to be safe, in order to, you know, um, make sure that we do have the things that we need to survive. Money's a good vehicle for that. Mm. And so how do I get money? I work really hard and, you know, even if I don't love what I do, at mm. least I've got those bases covered. Um, so it's a slightly different perspective. And Gen Y, um, the thing that intrigues me is that this concept of it's me, 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 and it's all about me, I think Gen Y are far more aware of the choices that they can make and that may come off as self-centred, mm-hmm. but it's actually them making choices that they believe will make the difference in whatever their context is. So they're not prepared yeah. to put up with the, the okay, I've got to you know make this much money because then everything's safe. Mm-hmm. They do the things that are important to them and they make choices that previous generations maybe wouldn't have and that may appear to be self-centred. Yeah. Um, but in the context that that Gen Y, again, generalising, but each individual within Gen Y, they, they make those choices and they're prepared to, to do that. Um, and it might come as – it may come off as me being self-centred, but it's actually me making choices that are important to me in the context of how I'm going to make a difference or what's important in my life and how I contribute overall. Um, and it's just different perspectives. Listen, I totally agree. I think that that teeters on um, perhaps, and you mentioned security, but I think also we're that little bit further removed from status or um, hierarchy and class and the establishment. And um, we, we probably don't care um, necessarily mm. about what used to be social rules, we kind of, if anything, embrace smashing them um, than we do. So perhaps um, baby boomers did stick at that job that they didn't like because they felt compelled to, because they thought that that was their stick in life. That's where they they, they had no right to to dream bigger than that. I don't, I'm not quite sure it's, it's me sort of um, riffing, but I, I'd imagine that you know, something that I mentioned uh, to Bernard Salt, who's another co-author, we, we met a few weeks ago and we were talking about lots of different things and he said, what's interesting is it seems to me that you don't see boundaries where I do and you don't see limitations where I do. And, and I think that that's probably close to the point is 
um, Gen Y aren't really interested in, you know, sticking at a job because it's polite or it's the right thing to do. We're, we're far more gutsy in terms of, you know, rejecting the the norms or what might be expected for us. Um, but I also think that in this day and age, the new rock stars of Gen Y are actually the tech entrepreneurs and the Mark Zuckerbergs and perhaps less so the whole, you know, drug, sex and rock and roll thing got a bit old because quite frankly, uh-huh. our parents liked it. And so clearly if your parents dig on that, it's, it's old and boring. Um, and perhaps what's more in vogue is being intelligent and, and doing well and, but also giving back. And I think that's empowering, but in, in lots of parts throughout the book, we discuss the fact that you can be in, empowered and think that you can do anything in this world but if there is a difference between that aspiration and your actual um, abilities there can be problems Um, is that something that you experience uh, in in your role where young sort of blossoming gen y's think that they probably are able to do a lot more than perhaps that they are yeah there's there's definitely um occasions when that's the situation um, and, I, and it really comes down to I think if there's a gap there and the, the degree of openness that somebody has to say okay I recognize the gap I acknowledge the gap and if I really want to do that then I'll I'll grow my skills and my experience or I'll get someone to help me or, you know, if it's important enough, I'll actually do something about it. Um, for others, it, it may simply be, you know what, the effort to do that, I maybe it's not as important as I thought it was, but I'm not even sure that that's a generational thing. I think that that is kind of the case for everyone. Um, I think one of the things that's really important um, in the type of work that I do with um, I guess in particular what I would call aspirational Gen Ys and I'm talking about a workplace context here is the level of awareness of two things one is that things don't just magically happen you do need to actually make a contribution um, and most people recognize that Um, and that um, the second thing is the, the level of awareness of self. So if I don't yet have the skills, that it's up to me to get the skills. Um, and if it's important enough, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you mentioned in the book um, that another one of those things that you come across um, in, in what you're doing in the um, executive level or the, the organisational level is similar to what you just mentioned, but is that the idea that Gen Y don't know what true work ethic is in the sense of that seems to be a, a common perception in the people that you're you're speaking with. Um, do you think yeah. that there is any truth in that or do you think that, it again, it comes down to just a misunderstanding? I think there's probably elements of both. I think there's a misunderstanding um, in the sense that, again, going back to the choices that, people make gen y will if something's not working for them they'll choose to go and do something um else something different somewhere else much more readily than the previous generations and so that can be seen by previous generations as oh it was too hard for them so they left Mm -hmm. so that's a percent so that's a perception thing um but i also think that there is an expectation thing you know we We've raised people in Gen Y and subsequent generations to go, anything is possible. Yeah. 
Yeah. And depending on exactly the information and, and the way that each of those people have been raised, that may come with a, anything's possible, you know, I just have to wish it and, and it is so, or it can be anything is possible if you're prepared to put the work into it. And it really depends, I think, it's very hard to generalise across an entire generation because each person is brought up in a different household, in a different, mm-hmm. you know, environment. Um, but I think that there can be a mismatch around the expectation of what's possible and how much work I need or effort or energy or contribution I need to make to actually achieve sure. that, that anything is possible. Yeah, I, I'd agree that that seems to be uh, a common um, you know, issue that is raised by people that I know that are in high level, um, human resource management and, um, that they mentioned to me about issues with Gen Y. And it's funny because once you, you sort of explain to people that you're doing a book about Gen Y and, and, and better understanding, they, they obviously all throw in their two cents. Well, make sure you discuss this. And mm. what it seems to be, that is one of the ma- major points that's been raised to me, um, funny enough, after we've actually finished writing it, um, is that, you know, we get so many people in Gen Y and, you know, they tick their box in so many ways, but in the end there is this certain level of arrogance in thinking, well, you know, I, I'm wonderful and this is what I can do and I can aspire and this is what I can, this is all the different ways that I can approach what you're doing. And then the reality hits that in order to get all of those things done, uh, a huge amount of work ethic and a huge amount of um, hours and dedication and sweat and, you know, not slavery, but, you know, it, it's hard to be successful. It's not easy. I mean, there are the odd occasions where you see these 12-year-old millionaires who've just made this app. But the 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 I suppose the fallacy is that being successful, whether it's being an entrepreneur or in any capacity, usually means really, really, really hard work. And um, I don't know that ne- that story is necessarily told. I think that there is this is a um, romanticized idea that Gen Y are able to do things effortlessly. And um, yeah, and and I don't necessarily think that that's entirely true. But, you know, I also get conflicting things. I, I, I know a lot of Gen Ys and I, and I wouldn't say that any of them are lazy. Um, I'd say that they get accused of that perhaps sometimes. I, I think that a lot of my peers get accused of not being loyal, um, you know, just leaving a job. And perhaps in, in some cases that's true. Um, but I think at mm. the same time we've got a, a broader, and you touched on this before, a broader cultural shift that sees not just Gen Y behaving this way but you know, baby boomers and Gen Xs and, and everyone else sort of realising what's out there in the marketplace and not really willing to settle for something that they know in a competitive um, organisation, you know, they're getting those perks. So, you know, I, I'm not necessarily loyal because there's, there's something, uh, the grass is greener on the other side. So would you agree that it's not necessarily a Gen Y thing, um, that, it, you know, it's more others? Gen uh, yeah, look, I think... Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think the timing at the moment, it's really um, sort of fascinating because the previous generations have come or are coming to realise that they don't necessarily need to stay with this job that they hate or that, 
you know, they're bored with or, you know, and they're, and they're actually beginning to take a lot more ownership of the choices that they make for themselves. Um, and again, the relationship to their core purpose, to what's important to them. Um, and they perhaps have reached a point in their career where they feel that they actually have those choices opened up. What we see with Gen Y is they recognise that a lot earlier. Right. Sure. Um, so it's so it's not about one, you know, that that's unique to Gen Y, but I think that um, baby boomers and, and, and Gen X have come to that realisation, but it's a bit later in life. Sure, yeah. And, I mean, and that sort of really does um, highlight the fact that it is just of a recent um, broader cultural shift, and that's, I feel, a lot mm. of the, to do with the internet and the ability to go online and see what's out there and be connected in a way that has been you know, uh, well, it's, it's revolutionary. We've never been able to do what we can do now. Um, doors have never been able to open like they can open now. Uh-huh. Uh, platforms like LinkedIn and, you know, and I think that, you know, that the general uh, shift has been everyone. It's just Gen Y Young <laughs> at this same time of, of you know, yeah. this revolution occurring. And, and, you know, yeah, we've embraced those changes, um, you know, quickly because we're young um so yeah no it's it's been fascinating um going through and and writing this book um and you know certainly from hearing uh your sentiments in the leadership chapter um i'm sure everyone that that reads it um will find it as as interesting as i have um if anyone wants to contact you or find out some more information do you have a website or um any other contact details Sure. Um, the website is www.ashleyconsulting.com.au. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so um, Facebook, you can find me anywhere yeah. these days. So, um, yeah, very happy to hear from people and their, and their interest in leading why. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks so much for your time, Stacey. Much appreciated. And um, no doubt we'll, we'll have a chat um, at a later stage. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Charlie. And that wraps up another Understanding Why podcast. Don't forget that Understanding Why is going to be available for sale as of the 1st of July 2014. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Charlie Caruso. Ciao.